This week on the Rail Splitter podcast, we are talking a couple different news items, as well as wrapping up our discussion on the CNN Lincoln House Divided series. Frontier of hope and possibility. In excellent to each other. And party on, dudes! Welcome to the Rail Spider Podcast, the Abraham Lincoln Podcast. I am your co-host, Mary, and joining me tonight is Rail Spider Neck. What up, Rail Split Nash? Hopefully you're enjoying listening to, us, listening to us as you're watching the Cubs struggle to get hits because they seem to suck at hitting. Um, actually, they won today. This is recording Thursday, so hopefully this still holds true when you hear this. Go Cubs, go. And Rail Spitter Jeremy. Yes, hello everyone, and uh, all that too, I guess. Yeah, go Cubs. Uh, yeah, I think they're, are they in first place? They, I think they're pretty close. Four and three, we're above 500, baby. Yeah. Although we have one of the worst hitting starts ever in baseball history, I saw on Twitter earlier. Are you seriously worse than Cleveland right now? Game and a half out of first. Yeah. I forgot Cincinnati can't lose. Cleveland is the shit show right now. Going into today's game, which this is a Thursday, the eighth, uh, they were batting like 163 as a team or something like that. Pathetic. Well, that's what happens when you you're, their manager might be the worst hitting. Whatever, I don't know. He had a long career and he wasn't a very good hitter. Whatever. However you want to word that, go for it. The Indians are swinging limp noodles, apparently. Their pitching's good, but we can't hit anything. Well, that's karma for years of having a racist mascot. But anyways. Anyways, (laughs) on to our episode. (laughs) Just getting rid of our rivalry on this show, which is always about sports. So we are talking a couple news items as well as wrapping up our discussion on this series about Lincoln that aired on CNN, which I hope I got the title right. I think it was a house divided, but... Oh, if it's not... No, it's uh, Divided We Stand. Okay, Divided We Stand. Shit, I got that wrong in the introduction. Okay. All right, restart. Great. (laughs) Anyway, for anybody listening, in the introduction, I said, a house divided, it's Divided We Stand. There we go. Okay. So the first thing we're going to talk about is there was a Confederate monument that was stolen from a cemetery in Selma, Alabama, and it is known as kind of the Jeff Davis Memorial Chair, and it was stolen by a group called, um, they call themselves White Lives, White Lives Matter. And Nick, I think you had a few thoughts on this. Yeah, White Lives Matter. So if yeah. you read it quick, you'll be like, White Lives Matter? No, White Guilty. Lives Guilty, I did that. Yeah, so, I did too. Um, Supposedly, this is like a half a million Confederate monument, and basically, it's a Jefferson Davis memorial chair. Um, so basically, this group uh, went out there in like the middle of the night and took the chair, uh, kind of held it like ransom. It kind of made me think of that Fresh Prince episode where they take like the mascot. Yep. You remember, and they hold yep. that hostage. Yep. Um, by the way, it's a great show. So they held on to it, and they basically said they it was basically they, they it, there was an ultimatum given. So they wanted a banner hung up by one p.m. Uh, this Friday 
And the banner was from um, with a quote that says, the rulers of this country have always considered their property more important than our lives. So they delivered the banner uh, to the organization, um, which is United Daughters of the Confederacy. Um, and at their Richmond, Virginia headquarters, basically saying, hang this up. And then last night I saw an update that they were pretty much going to give the chair back. Oh, I forgot to tell you, the whole catch in all this is they were going to cut a hole in the chair and make it a toilet, um, basically. So I saw an update on Twitter that I sent the group in our group chat. Basically, they, they realized that they're not going to hang it up, so they're going to alter. <laughs> they're going to you know, make it into a toilet, and they're going to send them back. And then I was looking as we were just prepping here. Um, I don't know if they've gotten a chair back yet, so I haven't been able to find any update, but I did find a pretty hilarious quote about the chair. It's irreplaceable. It's just like any art. It's priceless. I mean, what kind of price do you put on the Mona Lisa or a Picasso? (laughs) So a Jefferson Davis Memorial chair, I don't think I would put, I know I would not put in the same category as the Mona Lisa or the Picasso. Um, I don't know. I thought it was hilarious. I think it's funny. Um, the chair, this was a chair that was built well after, if I remember reading correctly, um, this was, you know, like many of the memorials done years later. Um, so yeah, it's a memorial chair. It's not an actual Jefferson Davis chair that he actually sat on or something that you could argue to be in a museum. This was a memorial chair that was, you know, made after the fact. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Selma, Alabama, you know, John Lewis pops in my head. Is, is this good trouble, guys? Or, you know, is this uh, serious trouble? Or you, well, I guess it could be serious trouble as far as jail time, maybe, or punishment. But will we put this as good trouble? I'm leaning towards good trouble. I think because if it raises awareness for who Jeff Davis was and what he stood for, I mean, was the chair, the chair, was the chair in a cemetery? It was in a cemetery. It was in a cemetery. Um, I think as long as it like is going to raise awareness for who he was and like exactly what he stood for and get people talking about it, you know, um, it could. Yeah, I think good trouble. For the record, they were not going to alter the chair if they hung up the banner. So the chair. The chair would have stayed, you know, in pristine shape. Sorry, boys, cut you off. No, I think it's definitely good trouble because if it didn't have the element of, I mean, granted, it's toilet humor, but it's humor nonetheless. Mm -hmm. I mean, if it didn't have an element of humor, it wouldn't have caught the headlines or not nearly as many if they said we're going to destroy it or do. I mean, it might have, but I think, you know, you get you get different clickbait and sharing when you when you make it kind of funny. Uh, If they said we're going to destroy it unless you hang this banner, it may not have caught on. Um, but I thought it was funny and, uh, right on point. Yeah. Then the one person that they were involved with taking it, they said they never play with it anyway. They just wanted there to remind us what they've done, what they are still willing to do. So, I mean, to them it, it's, and yeah, they're right in that, right? Like this is like any of the monuments from, yeah. you know, Jim Crow and all that. It, it's, I mean, Jeff Davis was a man who was, uh, fighting to own people he owned slaves you know Mm -hmm. supposedly according to the article it was the ladies of selma presented the stone chair in memory of jefferson davis in 1893 over 20 years after he last visited the city 
So we're talking what that would what almost fifty years after the Civil no mm-hmm. forty years after the Civil War. He lived a ridiculously long time after the Civil War ended. So I guess the same cemetery in 2012, a bronze bust of Confederate general Nathan Bedford Forrest was also stolen. So, um, yeah, interesting. I, I think when I saw it, I laughed. No, oh, I did too. Uh, no, I did too. Totally was... I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that people should go out and steal stuff and, you know. But it's but... still, it's like they're going to turn it into a toilet, right? It's like, because it's Jeff Davis. So yeah. I think it's some so. good humor or some something good behind that. If it, especially if people start talking about who he is and what he did and all that, you know, down there, maybe kind of bringing light to the whole story behind that. It's, for sure. I mean, toilet humor is the best humor, right? Exactly. Yeah. So the next story we have to talk about is one that we have talked about before, and we've called it, I think we called it Hatgate. Yeah. Hatgate, Hatgate continues. Um, so thank you to uh, real, um, one of our listeners, Eric, who posted this in the Real Twitter Facebook page last week. Um, just about the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Museum has severed ties with the Abraham Lincoln. Um, I want to get the name right here. Uh, Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Foundation, which did fundraising and artifact acquisition for for the facility. So they were the ones that were involved in the hat that we have talked about a few times, and they re- they very recently severed ties. So um, just before the show, I uh, I was going I googled Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Foundation, and it comes up in Google. If you click on it, it does not exist. The website is not there anymore. For the foundation, yeah, the foundation's gone. I don't know if it's some kind of Canadian blockade, but uh, it was not coming up for me at all. Well, to also give people a little bit more context, and I believe Boyce, you probably got the emails as well. Yeah, if you guys got the emails, like tell like tell us about the emails. So, first of all, the library in the museum sent out an email at 10.22 a.m. And then the foundation sent out a rebuttal email at 1.42 p.m. the same day. So, literally three hours later of uh, doing that. So, I, I think um, it, it caught them off guard. I mean, as far as like the library museum, what did you read both of them, boys? Yes. I, you know, for me... Yeah, I mean, they're saying they're cutting ways. It came across like what you would expect it to be. The foundation one, in my opinion, and may, maybe it's, I'm a little bit biased because it came second and we're a little bit, but it kind of came off snarky to me. Um, I'm trying to find maybe a quote here. Um, yeah, it was just, it kind of came off snarky and it just kind of felt like the stuff we're seeing in politics here in America with the back and forth. Uh, more so on the Republican and lately of just kind of a disingenuous um, response to something just because they're angry, think go their way. I, I don't know how you felt about the emails, boys. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to tell because, like, there's so much that they can't say. But, you know, the one thing in the museum's email, I mean, they did place blame i mean they didn't just say like oh you know it wasn't like a uh you know like the old resignation like oh i'm resigning to spend more time with my family like that's code your ass got fired you know like um like like usually they'll say like oh you know we've we've decided to part ways thank them for their partnership 
then you read between the lines, you're like, well, something went down. But they actually did come out and say, after we've exhausted our efforts, after, you know, after multiple or I forget how they phrase it, but basically saying, like, we tried as hard as we could and we could not get to a point where we can work with these people. So we cut the relationship. So I did think they did place some blame. Um, the the thing that's worrisome is that was their funding source. So I think they're they're probably just going to create the same sort of thing and just just rename it or redo it. I don't know, but um, that's that's the big question mark. Is they you know, and I think it's probably it's probably less not seeing eye to eye and more like all of these things that they screwed up with the money they owe the you know the the, the you know of course Hatgate, but like the fact that they bought something that they couldn't afford at the very beginning of the museum's life and they still are struggling to pay it off. Um, that's, that's very problematic. Here's the foundation. Here's the last paragraph of their letter that got emailed out. President Lincoln said a house divided against itself cannot stand. The foundation sadly agrees and remains committed to working towards better days ahead. <laughs> that is not a parallel that is some major shade. Yeah, doesn't make Using sense. Using Lincoln's words. Oh my god. I mean, I've like I've worked in a couple museums back when I had a career in the museum field, and I I can honestly say like there was some times when when similar things happened. Like there would be a foundation that was raising money, and there would be conflict, and it was like seriously like there would be tension there was pressure on the museum to do certain exhibits because of people in the foundation. And I would imagine like on a bigger scale that the one between the presidential library and museum and this foundation might've been a little bit similar to that. But I remember thinking like, just being like, cause I was like kind of the, cons- I was the artifact conservator. So I was like, can we just think of the artifacts please? and just put them on display and tell the history and not fight over like money and who's donating and all that. And, but like so much in politics get, gets caught up in, in the field, unfortunately. And I think this is what, this is what happened here. And it started with Hatgate, I think. Well, that's the whole point of the foundation. Like those, those types of organizations exist so that that kind of stuff doesn't happen or doesn't yeah. happen as much. Right. Like, cause, and we see it all the time where like, you know, at, I think that's nonprofits across the board. People who donate money then want to say, like, you need to spend the, spend all of your money a certain way because I'm a big donor. Like, no, like you can. I mean, you know, of course, there's there can be stipulations on how your money that you donated. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, this somehow the sense of ownership. The worst example is when everyone who pays a dime of tax thinks they can tell the schools how to operate. Yep. I'm a taxpayer. You work for me. Like, OK. Well, there's um, people that they donate stuff to you know, museums and I've, you know, this is just stories I've heard from working in the field that they're like, put that artifact on display because I donated it and I've given money over the years. And it's, it puts a lot of undue pressure on museums because, you know, the person that donated it might not understand, you know, the conditions the artifact needs to be displayed in, but it's the same with Mm -hmm. like this whole hat thing too, right? Like, the foundation was involved in that. And unfortunately it's kind of got this black mark on it because of that. Yeah. You're hundred percent right. I mean, 
there's a story behind that hat. I mean, mm-hmm. shoot, we should really dive deeper in that at some point. But um, I wish we could we get someone on here to talk about the hat. Yeah, that's the problem. No, we will probably talk on our podcast because the probably. hat has been like we've. How many times have we talked about it in the four or five years we've been doing this podcast? Oh my, it's, dude, too many. A, I'll tell a you that. Fucking much. hat. <laughs> yeah, but it's. It, I mean, it is an interesting story. It I, is, I it, and it. I liked following it because when this thing happened, it's like, like, cause things happen where you're like, Oh, that's what was going on with the hat. Yeah. You know, when like, you know, um, Cornelius, Cornelius. Yeah. Cornelius. Yeah. yeah. Dr. Cornelius. When he got fired, like, Oh, okay. And things a little bit more came to light. And then, then you hear the real wackiness behind the whole story. And then a little bit more comes to light. And then, um, it turns out that, and I kind of had a feeling too, when the state took over the funding and, you know, all this background stuff. The, the most fascinating thing about this whole soap opera to me is that the place is amazing. Like it is. It's, it's a very well run museum. The, it is. the exhibits are great. The the rotating exhibits are great. The artifacts they bring out are amazing. Everyone we've talked to who works there, um, Christian most notably, has been awesome and knowledgeable and super, super good Lincoln. People. And, and Pam, who um, volunteers there, is Mary Lincoln. She's awesome yeah, too. Like, yeah, yeah, like everybody yeah. there is awesome, and it has something. The thing I love about it is, the museum has something for every different type of learn. Like everybody learns differently, you mm-hmm. know. And I learned the best through like immersive. And that's what I felt like. I felt like I was immersed in Lincoln's life, right? Like I love looking at just different artifacts. But if I can go into the log cabin, similar to one that he grew up in that really helps me. And I know some people don't always like that, but for me, that was perfect, but it captures all those different things to draw different audiences in. And that's mm-hmm. what I loved about it. Well, oh yeah. And it, it, it's never looked like, man, this, whoever's running the money, this thing is, you know, does no, I'm not like, know my God, their budget is amazing. And other museums would love to have this budget to be able to do this kind of stuff. That's mm-hmm. how I felt when I was there. Yeah. Well, for the museum to basically cut ties with an organization that helps them raise money that has a foundation built already that obviously was bringing in money because we all know how nice it is. Mm-hmm. To me, if you're just thinking like common sense wise, it, it seems like the foundation, you know, what, what the hell is going on over there where a museum would just cut off this organization that has like a foundation and a structure built already. Why would they just do that? You know what I mean? I've so, never heard of that happen. I mean, in like in Ontario anyway, like I've never heard of that happening, but there's not a lot of instances in Canada or Ontario where there's like a foundation that is raising mu- like I mean, one one museum I worked at was kind of similar to this, but I don't know, not they never severed ties. So I can't say how that, that would have went, but yeah, this was really surprising to me. That's like, well, they're raising money for you. Why would you sever ties? What, what happened? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes you think about a lot of this stuff, the purchase of that whole collection. I mean, we've talked about it here. It, that was shady. Money. Like, I mean, uh, the yeah. parts of it were very shady. That, yeah, it's, Sad news. Um, I don't know what that means because the foundation did the memberships, right, boys? Yeah, yeah. I think I I don't don't know if that just transfers over. I mean, it's like in the nonprofit sector. I I, I'm sure it happens more often, and and I've sort like just a little bit seen where like you'll have a you'll have a nonprofit foundation where there's a board of directors who just makes decisions to you know very 
importantly, not so they kind of decentralize that decision making process. But if you disagree with the direction they're going, like you, you, there's nothing you can really do. Um, you know, I've had some very small disagreements. We have like a, a group that handles lots of money for scholarships for our school. It's very important that the people who work in the school don't control that money. It's, there's a lot of money. It's a big nonprofit, mm-hmm. uh, relatively speaking, a lot of money. Um, so it's important that community members who have, you know, who are outside the school run that. But every now and then they'll make decisions and it's like, oh, come on, like just give some money to this kid or just do this or adopt a scholarship for this or whatever. Um, so it's important that it's separated. But I could see if, if some of those disagreements weren't like it's tiny and petty, but becoming more and more serious. Like, what do you do? Like this organization funds our scholarships for us. There's tons of money there. Do we really just say like, because of philosophical disagreement, we're going to walk. And then, and then they, and then they're left with what, like all this money that was donated for a specific purpose. So that's what I want to know. What, like what's going to happen with the money that the foundation has, are are they just going to make a lump sum donation to the museum or the, whatever new foundation starts again, or are they just going to sit and sit on that money that was raised for the museum? Well, the rail splitter, you know, is continuing to um, add and tell this uh, legacy of Abraham Lincoln. So, you know, with uh, can some, donate to you know, us. from a nonprofit, we could do a lot more <laughs> of that in a lot more different creative ways. So if you guys are looking, if you're sitting on, you know, a couple mil, you're not quite sure what to do. I, I'm sure we could figure out something. So reach out. Um, 1-800-RAIL-SPLIT. Sure. I don't know how many numbers that is, if that fits. You know, just keep dialing until it rings. All right. <laughs> Apparently, we have a 1-800 number now. Yeah, 1-800-RAIL-SPLIT-NASH. <laughs> I think that's probably too many. That's way that's way too many. Um, I was just reading some of this from one of the articles I found, and it said um, on many many beating requests were rejected or simply ignored. In December, Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Museum leaders submitted a draft agreement to forge significant measures aimed at improving communication, financial transparency, and cooperative planning. Further, at the request of the foundation and with our hope the good faith negotiations would proceed, we agreed to extend the agreement twice, once until January 31st and again until March 31st. And then finally, on March 15th, the foundation submitted its response and it rejected the proposals. You know, another good thing, too, the ALBLM now has some extra office space um, that nobody's occupying. So I'd be more than happy to come down there and take that off your hands for a little bit of a summer internship. <laughs> I would too, actually, to be able to travel again. I can't, I currently can't leave my, I'm not supposed to leave my County, let alone my uh, country. So. Oh, Canada. Yep. <laughs> In lockdown again. But yeah, this is just, I don't know. It, when, when Eric posted this uh, on the rail splitter last week, I was really shocked by just how the, the this group had split because I was like, well, I thought they were, you know, and it, the thing, I mean, for me, having had a career in museums, like you really, I don't know, I think it's because I would like, I'm a conservator, you like you develop a relationship with the artifacts and wanting to tell that story and you don't quite understand when politics gets involved. So when I saw this on the Real Twitter Facebook page, I was like, well, what, like, what the fuck? Like, this is about telling the story of Abraham Lincoln and who he was 
um, as well as the Civil War and why it was fought and all this. And it seems to me like politics and some kind of petty disagreements are getting in the way. You know, and at the end of the day, what matters is telling the story. And there's these artifacts that need to be preserved for future generations. And I don't know. I just, I was like, why does it always come down to this with museums? Like, why do they have to get caught up in politics? Because all, all they're there for is to tell the story, to preserve the history and all that. And and believe me, like as someone who worked with the artifacts, they they get caught up in the politics, unfortunately. And that's how I felt in this case. I was like, well, you know, this is just about telling Abraham Lincoln's story. Just please get along. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully this leads, because it's been about, what, two, three years, maybe four-year journey of some messiness down there for different yeah. reasons. So hopefully this was a necessary evil for a cleaner path forward of less politics um, in getting Lincoln's story out there. And hopefully it moves forward and they continue to get the artifacts, the money, and hopefully the negative PR doesn't last long. And we're talking about more joyous things. Yes, um, we don't have to keep down. talking about Hatgate because we've been yeah. talking about it for like two years, haven't we? Pretty, pretty close. Yeah, Hatgate seems to have been going on forever. So, yeah, that, that's got more talk than my hat. So, <laughs> what does your hat you. say? Uh, my USC hat. I've, I've, oh, okay. I've gotten that. A uh, unprofessional pouty kick lately. <laughs> we don't need to dive into that, though. I've just got my Boston College hoodie on tonight. Boo. Boo? You're going to disagree with whatever team I cheer for, so. <laughs> not if it's my beloved Redbirds. <laughs> no, not going there. Not going there. Um, so we're going to leave the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library Museum, as long as you guys are good with that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move on to the last thing we wanted to talk about, which is um, CNN's uh, Lincoln documentary, um, which was called, Boyce, what was it called? It was called Divided We Stand. Thank you. <laughs> I just didn't want to screw that up again. So Lincoln, or um, CNN did a, it was a six-part um, docuseries called uh, Lincoln Divided We Stand, and it was about Abraham Lincoln. And um, I'll just put it out there, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was um, overall, anybody that was watching it that wasn't really into Lincoln would be able to, maybe that would spark their interest, kind of like Ken Burns Civil War, I think, in in that kind of way, or the Grant miniseries, I guess, most recently would have sparked the interest of General Grant or maybe the Civil War for somebody. It was a broad overview of Lincoln's life. Anybody that has studied Lincoln, like we have, like the three of us have, and, and a lot of our listeners, we might have felt that there was some stuff that was left out. But I think the thing to remember with watching this is, like, Lincoln needs a new generation. And so does so does the Civil War. And we need documentaries like this and the Grant miniseries to pull those people in. And I think something like this on a whole is very, very positive. I would say it was good overall. I am not going to be as positive as usual as Mary. Um, I thought it did some things absolutely fantastic. Um, I think in areas that Ken Burns fell short, Lincoln shine 
mm-hmm. um, and where Ken Burns' Civil War shines, Lincoln's fell short. Specifically, as far as the pacing of the edit, I think Ken Burns definitely Civil War as far as just looking at the overall editing, um, narrative structure, pacing, I felt was much better. Um, however, the Lincoln and the diverse cast of historians um, and other experts who spoke on the topic and the bringing and giving substantial time to, um, you know, the story of Lincoln and Lincoln's relationship with African-Americans, I felt was extremely well done. Um, and I hope that's what we continue to see in documentaries from that time period and dealing with Civil War specifically. And that is hands down where Ken Burns' documentary falls short, which we've talked about multiple times. Um, I, I really, especially the last episode and the last couple, I, I know we mentioned it when you guys had watched what was it, the first two. I think the mm-hmm. second episode, they dove into it. Um, and then, but they really hammered it home too at the end that, you know, Lincoln was not a perfect, um, he, he's not, you know, um, he was a flawed character. He was a person that, you know, had definitely problematic beliefs um, that was definitely, you know, um, you know, he wasn't like this ultimate white anti-racist hero um, that a lot of times he's portrayed at, that he was deeply flawed. Um, they did a nice job showing his evolution of stuff, um, but still how a lot of his decisions were problematic. And I thought um, a lot of people did. I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who does Uncivil. Um, yeah. He just did a great job really summarizing that. He, he, he did. Yeah. And Van Jones, man. That guy knows, you know, you can say what you want. I understand the critiques about Van Jones, but man, that guy can give a good soundbite for a documentary. Oh my God. He was awesome. And so, but, um, and and then other historians too were just, so that was very well done. I I thought Mm -hmm. they, it was the best I've seen from a civil war era doc, um, as far as speaking to those issues specifically. And to me, I've developed quite a man crush on Air, uh, Harold Holzer. So that guy <laughs> is a stud. Uh, to me, he is the star historian out of that. As far as the Lincoln, like the super Lincoln dudes, I mean, yeah. Um, God, who's the guy with the long book? I can't even think of his name right now. Why am I blanking? Is it Burlingame? Burlingame, yeah. yeah. Dude, he outshined Burlingame. He did. Hands down, man. He's so, very personable. That that that's his, yeah. That's the thing. Um the the other one I love to see on there, he's not a historian, but was Conan O'Brien. I love yeah. to see somebody that was just a Lincoln enthusiast on there or just a Civil War nerd, just to give a voice for those of us that don't necessarily have the, you know, that we don't have the PhDs or the master's degrees or whatever. Um, I mean, Conan, I think he, like, he went to, I think he went to Harvard um, yeah, smart dude. yeah, he's, re- but he, he's a Lincoln nerd, you know, and he knows his shit about the civil war too, to see him on there having a voice for like, I just felt like he represented those of us that, you know, are just the nerds in this. And I, and he knows his stuff and he deserves to be up there with the rest of them. And he kind of gave a like kind of pop culture thing to it. And I think he, he gave it a very down to earth aspect I loved seeing Conan as part of it. I was neutral on Conan. I will say this, though. It looked like they were interviewing him at his house. Oh, they totally were. They totally were. The shirt bugged me. A little too tight. (laughs) 
And I don't blame him. I think it was the way he ended up sitting in that chair. He kind of got slouched. Do you know? Does any of you guys know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I understand. Wait, well, I don't personally. I'm a female, so I don't. But I saw it on the screen with like Conan. it just didn't look like. I feel like the person should have cut the interview. Be like, here's what we're noticing. He would have understand. Yeah. He's in TV. He's in media. So I do not hold that against Conan. Um, or or maybe that's what he wanted. Maybe he was trying to show off the work at the gym. I know he's oh, been natural. you know doing, yeah. So but. Um and, and trust me, I, I'm no uh you know slim Jim over here. So um you know I, I got a little bit of belly with a little bit of fuzz on it too. So you know, <laughs> not that you saw his fuzz, but um this is going off the rails. So I'm well, I think down. another point you made though was just like you know the whole how they like kind of they're humanizing Lincoln, right? The the one point that I took away from the last episode was that they said like the one guy said he's not the great emancipator. Like that is kind of a myth. And I like, when I heard that I nodded, I'm like, yeah, he's, we can't see him in this way. He's been elevated on some pedestal because, you know, because unfortunately he was assassinated, but you know, one of the people put it best, you know, he, he was a president who listened to people and recognized what was needed to change the, the country and to elevate him above that is doing a disservice to who he was as a person and it doesn't make him any less of a person. So I think, you know, I'm seeing him, you know, when I hear great emancipator now, I'm kind of like, well, I don't know if Lincoln would have liked that title. You know, this has made me think more of how Lincoln would have saw himself too. Um, but, you know, just how the documentary at the, the very end of it really hit me, how they, they put in images from the Capitol riots that yeah, really it, hit me. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, they kind of like it. I don't know if you guys have seen 13th um, by Ava DuVernay, but she does that at the end. Very similar type of feel there to really hammer home yeah. how this relates to the present. So I did enjoy that. Um, I felt like with the pacing, like, and we talked about this in the first episode. I know you guys did. Um, I, I feel like maybe they should have gotten a few more episodes. Yeah, from what I, I was reading, it was a it was a success for CNN as mm-hmm. far as ratings are concerned. Um, and so some of those pacing issues where they really went fast and it felt disjointed at times, I think could have played out a lot better. And I think people still would have watched it. The thing that makes me feel good because I do think a lot of like I know my parents were watching it and they're not big history people yeah, at all. Yeah, too. Um. So for them to be exposed to this more historically accurate portrayal of Lincoln, um, that's good to know. That some people's first experience will be this, as opposed to some myth or some you know uh, warship type status. So exactly. that, that's a great thing to know. No, it it is. It definitely. And my parents watched it too, and I know they were enjoying it. And like you know, there was in the the civil war episodes they, they they seem to go by so so quickly and then the last episode kind of ends in april of 1865 and it's like what are they going to do with the last episode you know and they wrapped it up so well that was a thing um you know you know but the the civil war is a typical like you know talking about antietam there was a lot in gettysburg you know just the typical things that you would expect with the civil war as a civil war, like as, as someone who's really in the civil war, I was like, you know, what about Stones River? What about Vicksburg? What about Chattanooga, Atlanta, March the Sea? You know, I'm, I was wanting more of that, but 
this is about Abraham Lincoln, not the Civil War. Yeah, and I think the last episode probably was the best. It was, in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's a great little piece. Like, I, I'm teaching African American history part two. But if I was teaching part one, last episode, I could definitely have shown a segment there to really hammer home, you know, kind of, uh, you know, this is Lincoln. This is the real story. This is how it impacted the African American community. You know, I, like that would have been a great segment to have in that for that class if I was teaching one or just if I'm teaching the Civil War in general. I mean, just to get that. Yeah, just to clarify, our, at our school, African American history one is up to 1950 and yeah, two sorry. since 1950. It's not. It's not like a movie and a sequel with yeah. part one and part two, but. Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I am a little bit behind on the documentary, so I'm the ill-prepared rail splitter and taking the role from Nick tonight. But, um, you know, I just based on what you all are saying, too, I, and, and I have seen most of it um, is, yes, the accessibility is good, especially because they were having they were leaning into the race you know, issues around race. Um, and, and as far as Conan goes, I liked how they used Conan because it wasn't, like, look, a famous person, like, cause sometimes CNN has done that with some documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember one, the history channel does it really bad. They had that one, like, you know, the story of America or the story of us, yeah. or something, which was just a bunch of celebrities saying things. Um, so like they didn't have him on for the sake of him being famous. He was, he served a purpose for the humor side and the, the lay person side. So, so I did enjoy that. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I do want, you know, I do think that, the, a more nuanced conversation about Lincoln. I mean, that's a major reason why this show exists needs to continue to happen. You know, when, when you have um, people who are completely on opposite ends of every sort of position, both claiming Lincoln as theirs, um, that's just fascinating to me. So I like that it's, that it's still, still very much mainstream. Yeah, I, I loved all the historians that they included in it. And like I said, Conan was one of my favorites because I felt like he was speaking for those of us that don't have, you know, the masters or the PhDs, because I do find, you know, being in this field, especially in the Civil War, that sometimes, you know, it's like, if you don't have that, you're questioned more. And it's like, well, we're just as pa- we're we're so passionate about it, you know, and Conan is clearly passionate about it. He knows his stuff. I mean, and he's done some hilarious skits on his show with, with the Civil War. With, there's a baseball skit and a reenactor skit. And he does one with some with some Abraham Lincoln reenactors, too. And mm-hmm. it, it's it's hilarious. And he I, I thought he was just as deserving as being on there as anybody else. Hey, Conan, it. Being that you're a big Lincoln expert, maybe he looked up a Lincoln podcast and he listens to us. Yeah, this is an invite to you, Conan. Yes, to come Conan, on the come show on. and roast me and roast Rail Splitter Nick, the idiot that I am. So please reach out to us at 1 800 Rail Split Nate. <laughs> Jesus. Social media is probably a little more quick to get get to us, but yeah. give it a shot. <laughs> now people are going to be yeah, calling. Oh, you know what I Kids these days don't even know what an 800 number is. Yeah. They say 1-800. They, they probably would not get like, why are you saying 800 before a thing? That doesn't make any sense. It's not. What is that? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to ask the kids that tomorrow because I'm curious. Ask them if they know what a 1-800 number is. That will be, I'm sure that'll go over really well. Hey, you know, last day of the term, we're not doing anything. <laughs> we, we got nothing to worry about. Oh, last day of the term. But I thought the the docu series was really great overall. Hopefully, it brings some more people into knowing who Abraham Lincoln was 
you know, and I thought it was a very humanizing approach to him to to kind of get away from elevating him on a pedestal and just looking at, you know, you know, not just the good he had, but the flaws too, to recognize that for his, like, how we would look at him today, like, yes, he, he had racist ideas, you know, he definitely did. Um, and as well, you know, like we're talking about a guy that wanted to colonize slaves once they were freed and then he, but he evolved from there. And I think that's the thing to take away. And they did that really well in this documentary. Like they showed Nick, as you said, his evolution of who he was. And, uh, Harold Holzer, if you're listening, you're a stud, dude. <laughs> you're a stud. That's an awkward compliment. I'm but I'm really positive. We won't get him on the show from that, but I wasn't trying to get him on the show. I okay. was just letting him know, dude. You you took that role and you knocked it out of the part. The role, uh, you 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 know. <laughs> well, I like the the thing I like about him too is like, which I don't see in Burling Game is like, as uh, you know, he he fit the time right. Like when he's when he was on the show, it's like this is a historian speaking in twenty twenty one about history. Whereas Burling Game, I feel like you've been saying the same thing about Lincoln since you wrote yep. the book. And it's great. It's accurate. He's got a way of telling stories that's endearing. But I don't know if he's adapted his approach to Abraham Lincoln at all. And we know for sure that just from circles that we've got to be part of in Springfield, that Mary Lincoln historians have confronted him about how he talks about Mary Lincoln. And he hasn't changed a thing about that. And and they were critical in two ways. And they were critical just from a historian standpoint of like, I think you're reading this wrong. I think you're piecing this thing, this, this together wrong. I think your summary or um, depiction of their marriage is inaccurate. Uh, but then there's also the stuff of like, you're, you just are doing a disservice to her. You're, you don't give her any credit for the role she played in, in, you know, as first lady of the United States. Um, but he doesn't really seem to, to, take that to heart um at least i've never heard a change in his approach to to mary lincoln whereas it felt like holzer some of the stuff he has said i'm like i bet he would have said that differently 10 years ago and that's a good that's a good thing Mm kind of similar to how we started the conversation with the ken burns thing like the ken burns documentary is excellent but you you must watch it knowing it was made in 1989 yeah and and there you know the 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 falling in love with Shelby Foote's nostalgia for the, for this Confederacy is you got to be able to see through that at this point, because when it came out, I was like, Oh man, I could, I could listen to that guy all day and I can, but you gotta, you gotta keep in mind that that was 30 years ago and perspectives have grown. Hopefully and Ken Burns has certainly, um, and he's a good example too. His work, his baseball piece does a great job of incorporating women and black people and you know the history of racism in baseball but it's also dated um and he's done some good work too so um but yeah the, I, I that's what I, I did really like that about holzer is he clearly is grown in in the work yeah and he, his passion just comes through well on tv too i felt oh it does for like sure in the interviews so as many of them did i mean i, I really as far as this like i'm not i did i actually have no complaints about conan either I was just kind of like, to me, like he was on there. He was good. He said great stuff. Mm-hmm. I listen a lot of his podcasts, so I know like how he views. I'm a huge Conan fan, too, which you wouldn't think probably as you're listening to me. Uh, but 
like to me, like if he wasn't in there, like it didn't take anything away. It was just kind yeah, of a neutral exactly. for me to be honest um, with everything. So, and then I know I'm nitpicking it too. Like to some of the production, oh, you're not stuff, nitpicking like, it. Some of the, some of the editing, I just pacing was just like crazy. You're just like, what the hell just happened? And it was, vi- it was, re- it was, it was really, really quick at times. You know, especially going through the Civil War. I'm like, oh, we're at Antietam. Oh, now we're at Gettysburg. Okay, now we're. Now we're here, you know, and, and they did gloss over some stuff, which is a Civil War nerd. I was like, why are you glossing over that? But then I have to remember this is an Abraham Lincoln thing. Anybody watching it, if they get into Lincoln, they're going to learn about that stuff along the way, you know. And part of the problem, I can't remember any of the other historians' names. They didn't leave the damn title screens on long enough. I know, yeah. Like, you're supposed to leave it. I think the rule of thumb is you're supposed to leave it on, like, when you're editing, where you can read it twice. Because you're probably going to read. Fast. I think you should just yeah, leave it on the entire decade. time. Like, why not just leave it on the entire time? I don't know, man. But it was so quick. It, it was drove nuts. It was. I mean, I recognize. Like, I knew who Megan Kate Nelson was. I knew who Holzer was. I knew who Burlingame was. But some of them, I was like, "Who are you?" You know, <laughs> it, it it was way too quick. I'm like, just leave this up here the entire time. It was like Dan. Oh no! Oh okay. Somewhere I just couldn't see where he teaches yep, that. Right, we're now. done. Okay, that's fine. But yeah, like um, just wrapping up from that. Like I, I think on a whole, this was a really great series that was needed. Uh, you know, not just for Lincoln, but the Civil War. Hopefully, it sparks some interest, like the Grant miniseries did. I mean, we've seen that too. I mean, personally, I like the Grant miniseries a little bit more, just because it's Civil War but it had a little bit more of the documentary feel to it with the, the sequences they did in it. I don't know. There was just some, there was just a bit of a different feel for it. I think. I think I would rank Grant a little bit higher Mm -hmm. than Lincoln. And then I would rate Ken Burns incomplete because it's an incomplete story. That's what I've decided today. I think Ken Burns just needs to be redone. There's like, I've seen a push on Twitter I don't know how real it is to redo it. And then, um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. Let's update it. Hey, Ken, I, I'm just putting my name out there. Hey, summer internship. Let me know, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Harold, Harold, you're still a stud. So I don't put oh Ken Burns. Oh, my God. You will only hear it on here from Real Splitter Nick that Harold Holzer is a stud. That is accurate. Uh, there we go. Right there. I on think you're probably more. You know what? Tweet at us, Facebook at us if you also think Harold Holzer is a stud. So. <laughs> Hashtag Holzer is a stud. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Yep. Just tweet at us at Realsboro Pod. If that starts trending, we'll get him on the show. Oh my I God. <laughs> How awesome would that be to have on the show, by the way? It's, you're hosting that one, Nicholas. I, I'll be fanboying too much. I don't know if I'll even be able to talk, guys. God, <laughs> I'd be like Chris Farley and that's good. Hey, Harold, you remember that one time in uh, the Lincoln documentary where you said this? <laughs> As Nick goes back and watches every single episode again and quotes everything Holzer says. <laughs> and officially Holzer is not going to be on our show now because this will be the one episode that he listens to. <laughs> Because I'm sure there's a way to make it when people search for this. I could just put in like Holzer in it. 
<laughs> put a tag in there. Yeah. I'll put a tag in there and it'll pop up. There we go. So I think we're all in agreement that the Lincoln documentary on CNN was pretty good. Definitely worth a watch. I think even as if you're uber nerdy about Lincoln and you feel like you know it all, you'll hear some different voices talking about it. Yep. Boyce, what do you think? Yeah, no, I more. We need more stuff like that. Um, not just Lincoln, but history in general, just because, um, like, I was happy to see it was a success on CNN. You know, hopefully it's hopefully there's a little bit of water cooler talk about it. Um, but anything anything that gets Lincoln and history out there um, is, is a good thing. And uh, I would say more of it. I agree completely. Yeah, it was nice to see it. It was actually nice as a Canadian because I get CNN. I could actually watch it. I had to find a way to watch Grant through <laughs> a different means than what I wanted to, but I managed to watch Grant soon after what you guys managed to, to watch it at. So I thought it was a great thing for the Lincoln community and the Civil War community as a whole. Very, very positive. Um, so we are going to move on to the two different segments that we wrap up our show with. And the first is um, of the people by the people where we talk about a Facebook or Twitter or just Instagram or social media post in general that uh, made us like happy and relates to Lincoln or the Civil War. So do either of you have one? I don't. I'm going to look for a review. Maybe we got a review. Okay. I just dropped my phone. Let me get it. I have one. Um, so Adam on our Facebook page posted a photo of he's got a new coffee mug. And I've seen this before because uh, my co-host on our sibling podcast, Darren, has this coffee mug. But it's General Sherman. And it says, I'm the reason country music is so sad. <laughs> it's an amazing <laughs> coffee mug. That's pretty good. And you can get it on Amazon. And Adam posted that to our Real Twitter Facebook page. There was some good uh, meme. I can't think of any of the time I had, but dealing with the All-Star game, leaving Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Darren did one with pitch. Sherman throwing out like a pitch for that. Yeah. I can't figure out how to get to the other. Where are the reviews? <laughs> our rating is explicit. It there is. It has to be. Yeah. You, you read the one from January? Bullshit. Did we read the one from January? We did read the one from January, right? Right? Yeah, we I did. So yeah. Yep. So we got we are uh, we've got we're a four point two with ninety two ratings. Nice. So there you go. Here we go. Four point two. Yep. Yeah. Four point two. I like saying that. That's better than four. Four point two, man. Those two tenths are important. Yep, they are. What do you got, Nick? What are you talking about? Of the people by the people. What? Oh, shit. I had something. really bringing it tonight. Oh, he is. He is. I'm trying to look for another one. I was trying to see if uh, Harold had anything with uh, the Harold. He's calling him Harold now. First name basis with that stuff. Oh, wow, huh? this is amazing. Double H. <laughs> Not <laughs> to be confused with Triple H. Nope. Isn't Triple H Canadian? Triple H is not Canadian. He was. Who am uh, I thinking of? Canadian then? Uh, Edge. Edge is Canadian. Edge. Yeah, is, that's right. Okay. Who's going to be headlining WrestleMania this okay, weekend? That's right. Um, with my favorite Daniel Bryan as well as Roman Reigns. Okay. And then we. Who else? Christians Canadian. Bret Hart's Canadian. Chris Jericho's Canadian. 
Lance Storm's Canadian. There's lots of Canadians. Kenny Omega's Canadian. I'm going outside WWE. Now we probably only have one other listener who cares. Um, If we still have a listener who's hanging on this long, thank you. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) We still need it this week in Lincoln, too, guys. Dude, why do I got to do everything? Oh, here's some. You want a piece of George Washington, Abe Lincoln's hair strands. Ew. I saw that, yeah. Did I talk on this show? Well, I don't time? think that he's. It says it has great provenance. I don't know. It seems like they're asking. Yeah, I, know, I would be shocked. Yeah, I I would question. I'm like, yeah. Plus, did George Washington like? Wasn't he bald? Did he, yeah, didn't he, I mean he wore a wig? I mean, they yeah. probably. I don't think wigs were fashionable toward the end of his life, but I would question anything with hair. At this point, that's just weird. Did I ever talk on the show about the teacher I had who had hair that he had from students hanging on his bulletin board? What? I had this teacher, econ teacher. He graded on a curve too, like oh legit graded on a curve. Um, like, we're so, going in a completely different direction tonight, apparently. Real split niche. Apologize, but, uh, but Bud Lachel. Shout out to Bud Lachel if you're listening. Give us a call at one eight hundred Real Split Niche. Um, give us this. Let us know how you're doing. But you were kind of weird, dude. Uh, because you had uh, clips of hair on your bulletin board. You know, like how some teachers' boys, maybe Mary, you know this, but like some teachers, you know, you get stuff over the years. You no, put them yeah. up, like, I've never seen hair displayed, actually. But hair, but hair. That, no. Nope. He was girls' tennis coach, too, to make it even weirder. So, that's really uh, strange. Okay, I, that's I, fucked I, up. Yeah, that's, yeah, not, that's fucked that's, up. That's a type of grooming. Although I will say, I did, I did a teacher in high school. This has tons to do with Abraham Lincoln, um, who did the same thing, but it was because there was a huge fight between two girls. And afterward, there was just like a big, like thing of hair that had been pulled, that they had pulled out of each other's, you know, during the during the melee, and he stapled it to his bulletin board. So that's a little, it's less creepy and kind of funny because uh, it was a it was a hell of a fight, dude. That's, some of those fights, nope. man, you you don't want to get in the middle of. You do not. I, I have, and it sucks. Yeah. And it's not the worst. A student punched me yesterday, by the way. What? Really? Yeah. It was a, it was a. <laughs> Student who struggles, with, you know, I, I, I did not. It was not. He was not in trouble. Put it that way. Um, but it did take me by surprise. I'm like, hey man, thanks for holding the door open for me. Boom, right in my back. I'm like, all right, well, there's wow. that. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so yeah. all right, Mary, you got it this week in Lincoln. We killed I, enough time for you. Okay, I do. Um, and it's not like directly related to Lincoln, but I did a course recently with uh, my my good friend Lisa Samia. And she's written a few books. Shout out, Lisa. Yeah. And she was a voicemail at 1-800-REAL-SPLIT-NATION. And um, she's actually, she writes poetry based on like people like who don't have the stories in the Civil War. So I did a course called, based on her poetry book, The Nameless and Faceless of the Civil War. And it was a really interesting way to look at the Civil War. And she had a poem in there about, like, based on Walt Whitman, as well as, you know, the Lincoln assassination, John Wilkes Booth and all that. She's actually very knowledgeable about John Wilkes Booth and the relationship with his sister Asia and all that. And her most recent book is coming out on April 14th, Nameless and the Faceless Women in the Civil War. Um, But I just wanted to say, if, like, you're looking for a different way to look at Lincoln in the Civil War, look to her Nameless and Faceless of the Civil War book. The, right. the poetry is really good. Like I enjoyed the course immensely. It was really cool. 
And if you want an autographed copy, just call one eight hundred real quick. I'm not doing that as a plug for her at all. Like I didn't like tell her I was gonna do that. I do I was just like looking around for this week in Lincoln. And I'm like, oh wait, she had like and I saw the poetry book sitting there and I was like, wait, she had some stuff about Walt Whitman and the assassination of Lincoln in there. Oh no, I was not meaning to criticize. I was just looking for another opportunity to use one eight hundred rail split name. <laughs> but that's my uh this week in Lincoln is like it's kind of a different way to look at Abraham Lincoln, the Civil War, to look at poetry, like study it through poetry, because it's not necessarily like acad- like it's not the academic or whatever. It's just a, and her course, it was like a, it's a five or six week course that I did with her. And we would study for four poems each class. And it was really just kind of gave a very humanizing approach to the Civil War. It was really cool. Yeah, cool. That's a cool idea. I'm down. I approve. Should get her on the show. No, oh, no, she would be. She's 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 an awesome person. She's really cool. All right, cool. Yeah, I if think you thought that was cool, and you have any comments? No. Oh us. my god. And the show. Anyway, leave us a message on our Facebook group. All right, we're up to like over 800 followers. We are. Give us a rating on iTunes so we can read it out loud. If you found me annoying, give us five stars and state I was annoying, and we'll read it on there. Yes, we will. If you're Conan (laughs) O'Brien, please email us. Coco, Team Coco here, baby. NBC did you dirty. I don't even watch them anymore. Actually, I did stop watching NBC after what they did to him. Well, I'm going to watch it because Peacock Network is the only place I can uh, watch WrestleMania. So, right. Um, but uh, I don't watch. I don't watch that loser Jimmy Fallon. Uh, uh-uh, on Team Coco. Anyways, um, so any parting words, Jeremy or Nick? Hey, this was great. We should do this more often. It's actually been a while. So, yes, I agree uh, with that. Anyway, so on behalf of Jeremy and Nick, um, we are going to sign off for tonight. Thank you for joining us for a kind of potpourri sort of episode where we just talk about some news stories as well as the documentary on CNN. Uh, We will definitely be back with you again soon. And as always, thank you for your support in the Facebook page, too. It's awesome. You guys are always you're very active on there. So on behalf of Real Splitter Jeremy and Real Splitter Nick, keep walking the world with malice toward none and with charity for all. And we will see y'all again soon. Bye. Peace.